Welcome to Carrot Fergus Vineyard, a place of hope where lives are changing. We're a church in the heart of Carrot Fergus, passionate about seeing people's lives changed by the love of Jesus. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. It is so good to be back together again, having had a break, isn't it? Yes, it is a long time the break that we take over Christmas, the use of, or lack of use of school facilities and what have you. Uh, we are so glad to be together. It's so nice to get in the room. And I guess uh, that during the service, during that break, and certainly over coffee, many of us will be saying, how was your Christmas? How did it get on? Happy New Year. And it's just, this morning usually is a really great morning to reconnect with one another, because we've been apart from each other for a while. It's also really brilliant to see so many guests here this morning. Some that haven't been for a while and you've come back. And some of you, you're here for the first time, which is really, really brilliant. There's one person in particular that hasn't been here for 16 months and that's our big son, Sam. And we're so glad that he's here. And uh, he sat beside my sister, who's over his thing from England. Ah, there you go. And she sat beside Hope, who's been away for a week skiing. She doesn't get quite the same woe, but, but, but anyway. And uh, our middle one, Owen, he returned to Nottingham yesterday. Uh, it was lovely to have him over uh, for Christmas time, and that was really special together as a family. And, uh, and their mother, my wife, Chantelle, she's just landed at, at uh, Belfast International. She's on her way shortly. And that's the introduction. Let's pray and we can all go home. This is our family, and, um, and we've had a lovely family time. And I know that for many of us, Christmas will uh, not necessarily have been as lovely. It could, may well have been difficult. I know many of you uh, having some very difficult moments and uh, things happening in life. And, and sadly, that's part and parcel often of life. But one thing is for sure is the importance of family. And this room, this body, these people, us together, we are family. And no, Sergi, I'm not going to sing the song. <laughs> but what we wanted to do really um, today uh, and the next three weeks, and by the way, next week you are in for a treat. Andy Hickford is an incredible uh, communicator. Many of you, the ones who are doing this, you're, you're my age and you know and you've heard him. Um, he's English, but don't hold that against him. Um, but he is, uh, he's well known here in Northern Ireland. He was a, a speaker several times at Summer Madness and at uh, some of the Presbyterian Church, larger gatherings and, and other denominations here. He is a brilliant, brilliant um, leader, teacher, whatever, and he's our guest uh, with his wife uh, next week. And uh, we're really, really excited for that. And please, please do make the effort to come. Because uh, you're in for a treat, what he will do, and then two more weeks is we just want to unpack, just spend a bit of time as we reconnect into this new year, 2024, is just look at we are family. What does it mean to be a, a, a part of the family? Family life uh, is ordained, it is hallowed, it is part of God's creation. It's in the story when we look right at the very beginning of creation, the creation story which, which accelerates through to, to, the, to Abraham, the father of many. Ah, uh, oh, my darling, come on in. Uh, 
I've missed you. <laughs> Hello, darling. Oh. You brought me a cup as well. Lovely. There's nothing in it. Mm, thank you. Tuesday till Sunday. It's lovely to have you home, dear. And I'm just taking up more time so I don't have to speak. Because I don't actually have many notes, to be honest. Um, we're talking about uh, family. And um, uh, where were we? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and, and through, through Jacob, Jacob had 12 sons, which created 12 tribes, which became instilled into the nation of Israel and the people of God. And, 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 and intertwined into all of that was this sense of belonging. Which tribe did you belong to? Uh, we have tribes ourselves, don't we? It's like what football team do we support? What, um, what uh, country do we support and cheer when it comes to the big events? What, um, uh, what school did you go to? What part of Northern Ireland or wherever we are from did you grow up? And, and who was your father? And who was your mother? And, and who, it's all this wanting to connect and, and wanting to fit in and to belong. Um, and that's part and parcel of who we are as a people. We as a church are family and it's part and parcel of what God has for us. And it's what Jesus modeled uh, to his disciples and uh, what we're going to read, this will come as no surprise to you, is probably the best blueprint of Christian community uh, which we find uh, in Acts chapter 2 at the end of chapter 2. Now, to put it into context, we find it immediately after the day of Pentecost and after the time when Peter stood up and he preached a spontaneous but incredibly powerful uh, message, his first sermon, and in that moment birthed the church. And in that moment, the church uh, community, the people of God, the family of God was established. And so we read those verses which we're going to read together now at the end of Acts chapter 2. This is what we learn, this is what we hear, and this is what we, all those centuries later, what we practice. So Acts 2, 42 onwards. They, the people of God, the new believers, the followers of Jesus, led by the disciples known now as the apostles, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now we might read this and think, my goodness, it sounds like the Waltons. If you're under the age of 35, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing the bar beneath me is kind of coming higher. Uh, if you're below that kind of age, you might want to ask someone older than you, who were the Waltons, what were the Waltons. But in this glorious moment of history, we, we would read it and think, my goodness, it's, it's just 
sunshine all the way. It's just wonderful Christian living. It's just every, everything is rosy in the garden. The family is just wonderful together. God is just doing a wonderful, amazing things. And yet, fast forward two chapters later, you will read that Peter and John, they're thrown into jail by the Sanhedrin. And that is when persecution and hardship comes against the family of God and the people of God. However, we still learn a great deal about Christian family together, community life through this passage. We learn that the early Christians devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to being together. They shared the practice of what we call communion, which was demonstrated uh, and, and uh, modeled to them uh, by Jesus himself on the eve of his crucifixion. They met and they prayed together. The apostles performed signs and wonders. The people were amazed. Believers were together. They were, had everything in common. Uh, they sold property and stuff and possessions, and they gave it to one another and those who were in need. Every day they met publicly in the temple courts. They met in homes, and they ate together. They broke bread, and God increased the numbers of believers. As we enter into 2024, Let's just do that. Let's do some of that. It's pretty difficult to meet every day in the temple courts, isn't it? Like, if you're working tomorrow, it's going to be pretty difficult for you to get there every day. And so we understand the cultural difference and the context of then to what it is now. But these are just some of simple practices, many of which the Church of Jesus still do today. And what we practice you know, you're going to hear all about life groups soon, and you're going to hear about this, you're going to hear about that. And we are, we think, pretty good at being family and creating opportunities for us to kind of gather together. These are the practices, and they're pretty obvious in terms of what, uh, what to do. But I want to spend just a few minutes considering why do we do it? Like, why, why bother? Why, as we come back in this year, why would we choose to get up early on a really cold Sunday morning and get out? Why would we, on a Wednesday evening, when you've had a really busy day and your kid is sick and all you want to do is curl up in front of the fire, why would you make the effort to actually get out and meet together with other believers? Why, why would we do that? Why does God hallow and ordain Christian family church gatherings together. Why did he create the church? Two things I want to look at. Firstly, I'm going to get you to think, and I want you, please, to call out uh, some things. Uh, if, uh, if no one else does, I can always rely on Betty. She's usually first up, so no pressure, Betty. But the question is this. When you think of a healthy family, of healthy family life, what springs to mind? What do you think of? Oh, go on. Eating together. That's a good practice and something that happens. Go on. Noise. There's a, there's a sense of buzz and togetherness. Yeah, what else? Connection. Laughter. Keep going. Safe? A safe place. The, the ex-principal is on the money. We're all on the money, by the way. Keep going. What else is there? Love. There's a love. Yes, what else? Mess. There's always, that's always guaranteed, right? Forgiveness. Yep, good. Keep going. Washing. Did he say washing? Oh, my gosh. 
See having him and the other one back. What else? Oh, lovely. Like that one. Absolutely. What is it? Acceptance. Good. Excellent. Respect. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Brilliant. All of these things. And there's many more, I'm sure, um, that is part and parcel of what we consider to be part of healthy family. I wrote down a few things here. Being yourself, finding who you are, feeling safe, becoming who you are, a, a, a place where you contribute, a place where you belong, a place where you get help, and a place where you'll be fostered and nurtured regardless. I, I look at our church community and I look at the different ages and the different backgrounds and our stories. I love it. I love it. I've said many, many times, especially in life groups, when we gather in our homes and in different places, and I look around the room and I'm like, my gosh, we're so different. But it's him who holds us together. It's him who is the thing or the one who we have in common with one another. I said uh, post-sabbatical, uh, as we came back from the summer, having had a wonderful experience together uh, out in New Zealand together. Um, one of the things that I really reflected on was how much uh, our grown up and growing up children love one another, but how much they love the church. Like they really love the church. They're really embedded in the church life. And I, uh, as I pondered that and considered that, I thought, you raised them. You raised them. Looking at Gillian, you're a big, big part of that. But it was all of the leaders who gave up their time in our kids' spaces. It was Emma who has led so faithfully for so long with our youth and all the other youth leaders and the people that came early and, and prepped the rooms and got everything ready and the resources and this, that, the other. And then it was, uh, it was the likes of Ivan and Johnny and other people, I could name lots of you here, who took time and interest over coffee and afterwards as they were running around, probably meant to be beside their parents, which parents, by the way, you're responsible for your children when they're not in the rooms. And they interact and they engage and find out how you do it. It's a place where young are raised up. And we as a people, we as a church, it is a high call, it's a high bar, it's a value of ours that we would foster and nurture our children and our young people. And parents, if we don't bring them, they ain't coming. That's pretty blunt, but that often is the way. Where am I? None of this is in the notes. It's probably the best bit. It's a place where we find who we are and we, uh, we get healed up. We get healed up of, of our stuff. I'm so grateful to the family of God and the people of God over many years now of being a follower of Jesus, coming into a church environment. As a single man, I was uh, 17, 18 years of age. I went along with a friend of mine. He brought me along and I didn't know anyone except him. He was my friend and he took me and... Gradually, I got to know other people. 
And uh, people loved me. They accepted me for who I was. I, uh, they prayed for me. They met up for coffee with me. They chatted and I unpacked my story and they listened to me and they loved me and they prayed and they pointed me towards him because him is the one who changes us from the inside. It was by going to those groups. It was by going to the likes of Summer Madness and other events. It was in those environments, in those contexts, in those gatherings with other Christians and meeting other people. One of the reasons it's so good to be together is the coals have gotten back together. The coals that separated as we gather together, the fire begins again. And I'm so encouraged and inspired by so many of you and so many other people. And we can only do that when we're together. We can't do that when we're apart. COVID taught us that, didn't it? When we're apart in our own houses, in our own rooms and whatever. For some of us, that was, that was you know, it was, uh, it, it was nice to be apart. But actually, as time wore on, we realized that's not good for us. It's not good for man to be alone. We're meant to be together. We're meant to gather as one another. We find who we are. We, um, one of the things I love about us and about our church is trying to help. What is it that God is on you for? How did he make you? What did he make you for? I, I, love, um, I love the stage of parenting that we're at, just trying to sort of help our own kids and um, some of their friends and other people just kind of figure out what, what, what's the next step. What, what, what is it you're going to do with your life? How are you going to spend the rest of your life? What are you going to do? Yeah, we're not like that. But it, it's trying to just steer them in the right direction of what is it that God's on you for? And we've done that with loads of people. We do that, don't we, with each other? And we recognize our spiritual gifts and we recognize our passion and our calling. And, and when we begin to do the very things that God made us for, we come alive and we love that. Secondly, we need to consider uh, God's intention for the church. I want you not to call out on this one, but some questions for you to consider before I step into some answers on it. Is why does the church exist? Like what's its purpose? What's its role? And don't necessarily think about you know, words that we might put on our website, but what, what, did, what, what does God have in mind for the church? I don't mean us, I mean the church, his body, the body of Christ. What is its point? What is its purpose? Why does it exist? You see, very often we can fall into the trap that the church is just about us, about us within the four walls. And to a certain degree it is. I mean, everything that I've if I'm about to say what I'm about to say, it's going to contradict everything that I've just said. It is about the gathering of people. It is about the coals coming together. But its primary function is to exist for the sake of the world, for the sake of others. I read this quote. It's an extension of the ascended Lord Jesus' commitment to bringing salvation to the world. We exist for the sake of the world. You might have heard this quote often used that the, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus, is the hope for the world. And we are the personification, we are the demonstration of Jesus to a broken, hurting world, society, and community. We are it. We are what Jesus has left behind. And remember the Great Commission. 
It is not, uh, it, it, we are intended to go and make disciples. We are intended for that. And as we read that passage in Acts 2, it's the final bit. The Lord added to their number daily. Possibly the bit that, uh, from the Acts passage that we struggle with the most um, or we find most challenging is the bit where it says they sold their property and possessions and gave to those in need. The, the church of Jesus, we've always existed for the sake of others. We've always existed to bringing justice and freedom and liberation to those who have, who have lack. And we're so encouraged as a people, as our people, that we would be a generous people. We would be a community that would give not just of ourselves, but we would give of our, uh, of our time and our effort and our finance and our resource. Why? For the sake of others. For the sake of others who have lack. The poor, the widow, the orphan, those on the margins, those without family, they're the ones who uh, God has a particular uh, special place within his heart. And it's in and through the body of Christ, the church, we get to be family for them and to them. Uh, on our Christmas uh, service, when we gather together, those of you who are here, we, we took up an offering. And um, we're sorry that we didn't announce this to you the Sunday after, but, but we raised somewhere in around £1,000, which has been given to Safe Families, which we're incredibly thankful to you for. And uh, if you wanted to know more about that, I'm, they're right in front of me. We have Nikki Williamson, beside Gillian, who was in the video. I've totally embarrassed them now. But please do speak to them. A wonderful charity, an incredible um, uh, work that is happening in our own community of Carrick Focus, connecting with those who are lonely within our community. Safe families. We invite us, our church family, to be a part of this organization which goes out into our community, an expression outside the four walls to bring life, to bring hope uh, to those who need our support and need our help. Psalm 68, God sets the lonely in families. And we want to be that place. Um, so much of our modern, I'm going to come into land, so much of our modern world today is about us. It's all about our own individualism. It's about our rights, our needs, all that stuff. And so much of the way in which we connect and have community with one another is virtually. It's over all the stuff that many of you know way more about it than I do. And we live, sadly, increasingly in a lonely society. There are people in our communities, people on our streets, they are desperate for a sense of belonging, a sense of being known, a sense of being together. And we get such an opportunity to be that to them. The people wanting to belong, of companionship, to be known, to be loved, to be cared for. The church of Jesus is that place. We are that people. We get to be that people. I have loved seeing, again, of all ages, especially amongst our young people, especially in some, with some of our young adults, that they can come to these environments and really be themselves. Not pretend to just go along with the flow because that's what the culture is saying. I should do this. I should do that. You come into this environment and you feel safe and you feel like you don't have to act up and be someone that you're not. 
We can simply be ourselves. And the church of Jesus, we get to be that family to people outside, on the margins, who are lonely, who need uh, to be a part of our family. We invite you uh, into this year, all of us. Some of us, we come together as a family. Some of you will come on your own. And I realize and we realize, I want to just spend just a moment on this, that coming alone as a single person or maybe one uh, of a couple, that sometimes that can be challenging. And that can be, uh, uh, yeah, just it comes with its complexities or, 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 or difficulties. And, and we want to say, you are super welcome. And, and we want to create space and opportunity, again, for you as all of us, regardless, to come as we are, to feel like that you belong and that you're very much a part of what God is doing in us and through us. Jesus said, um, and is recorded in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In our Advent series uh, on the theme of love, you'll, uh, you'll remember that I said it's not just the love that we have for one another inside the four walls, that people will see that we're disciples, that we're Christians, but that we're called to love one another is everyone. It's our neighbors it's our colleagues, it's our, it's our everyone. Jesus is calling us to love all people, one another, and that we together would be the people of God, the family of God here. And this is just a, a representation of it. And by the way, we're one of many wonderful church communities within, within our town of Carrickfergus. Thanks for listening to the Carrot Fergus Vineyard podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website, carrotfergusvineyard.org.